guys. Welcome back to the Allergic to Grace podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Whitney. We're so glad you joined in to listen today. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about Numbers chapters 12 and 13. But to pick up where we left off last week, let's quickly recap what we saw in chapters 9 through 11. We saw the second Passover celebrated. We got God's instructions on how to celebrate the Passover if you came into contact with the dead body or if you were on a long journey. A perfect example of God yet again catering to our humanity. Uh, we talked about how the Israelites knew when to march and when to camp, i.e. if there's a cloud, stay. If there's no cloud, go. Um, <laughs> then Israel finally leaves Mount Sinai. However, the excitement is short-lived because there is a rabble. Rabble. And God is not happy. In fact, he burns the outskirts of the camp. They were whining, the people. Mm-hmm. The people were whining about not having meat, so he sends meat, all right, and those that partake, immediate death. Did. We talk about Moses requesting, begging God, and asking for death because he can't handle being the sole leader of Israel, to which God responds by appointing Moses' immediate delegates. Yep. And that's where we are. Wow. That was a lot. 9 through 11 was a lot. It was. I feel like chapters 12 and 13 are just as much content, but they're shorter. So it's easier to consume, if you will. Yeah. And it's we're back in sort of back into the story, into the narrative. Exactly. And I'm excited for it. The drama. The drama. So in chapter 12, we start with what I think is one of the biggest betrayals of Moses's time. Don't you think? Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, Where Aaron and Miriam, his brother and sister, oppose Moses's status or like his his role within yeah, israel that's exactly what it is um but they don't do it they don't first come attacking him personally and saying like you're a terrible leader that's not how they do it they come about it in a in a offhanded way if you ask mm-hmm. me so yes let's, read. let's do it miriam and arian spoke against moses because of the cushite woman who came <laughs> here we go the cushite woman whom he had married for he had married a cushite woman And they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man, Moses, was very meek, more than all the people who were on the face of the earth. And suddenly the Lord said to Moses and Aaron and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. And the three of them came out and the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent of meeting and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forward. And he said, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all of my house. With him, I speak mouth to mouth clearly and not in riddles as he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them and he departed. <laughs> I would have crapped my pants. Right? Right. <laughs> All I gotta That's say. It's like siblings fighting and someone mom comes in. But it's not your mom. It's I'm just God. Like compar- <laughs> comparison. Comparison. Yes, I guess. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. So there's a lot to unpack in just those first couple of verses, but the long story short, Aaron and Miriam oppose Moses by first attacking his wife. Correct. So let's unpack that for a little bit. Here we are. A Cushite woman. So like that's what it says. They attacked him, spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married. Now, there's points of contention yeah, there in is. all of this. Mm-hmm. So what I had found was that there's a couple differing scenarios. Mm-hmm. As in, did Moses have two wives at mm-hmm. one point? 
did he did Zipporah, his original wife, pass away? The one that was from Midian. Oh, I didn't hear that one. Or yeah, that's that's what I think happened. Or something else, right? No. Yeah. Well, else. the other one that I found was is that according to well, I guess we can get into the details of it as we break down each theory. But oh, or that it was Zipporah, and they just didn't. And they just call her the woman that that the word Cushite was an in general Hebrew word describing someone that's basically not an Israelite because okay. she was not I an didn't Israelite. Hear that. No, she wasn't. So the thing that I the thing that I read about being the Cushite was just it's another word for Ethiopian. Mm-hmm. So in appearance, this woman, his wife, would have been very dark skinned compared to the rest of Israel. Correct. Like she probably was, you know, found along the way or she was up of the quote unquote mixed multitude that came with them out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Now we know that Zipporah met with Moses in the wilderness after they left Egypt. Mm-hmm. So we know that she made an appearance after the Exodus, but we don't know what happened to her after the fact. There's also some some commentators think that Zipporah's father, uh, Moses's father-in-law, the priest of Midian, was also Ethiopian. Like he was born in Ethiopia, he came to Midian, became the priest, and then had his daughter, which she would be an Ethiopian Cushite, whatever, mm-hmm. by his father's line, her father's mm-hmm. line. So that's why some people say it was Zipporah. But see, here's what I have a problem with that was because if it was Zipporah, if the Kushite woman was Zipporah, they would have been married for almost 40 years at this point. Mm-hmm. And why now would Aaron and his sister Miriam have a problem with that marriage? Why are they just bringing this up now? You know? Yeah. I think that Zipporah died and Moses remarried and they had a problem with who they who sh- he remarried to. Because she was not, I don't know, she, she she stood out amongst the people of Israel. And it was very obvious that she wasn't an Israelite, thus further removing him from the line of Abraham and his, his you know, offspring that he would have with her from the line of Abraham. Yeah. So that's what I think. They're all possible reasons. Nobody really knows. Yeah. I haven't heard the theory about Zipporah passing away. I mean, did it? I'm not questioning. We don't you were know. Saying that. Was there any supporting evidence or why people think that? Nope. It was just part of like, because we don't know. After Zipporah makes her appearance in the wilderness, we don't hear about her ever again. Mm-hmm. So like, it's a possibility that she could have died. Yeah. So this is what, so what I think, this is, you know, differing views. I'm not saying that you're wrong. No, 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 no. This is just what I think, you know, where the word, I'm going to read a, a section from this book i mean it's not a section it's just like a little quote yeah um about why i think that the word that they're using and i think it's a translational thing where like kushite can mean you know how like we have words the same word can mean multiple things yeah where kushite kind of means some different things and they're they are saying the same thing to her why they decided just now they have a problem with her i'm not I don't know if it's because like things are starting to ramp up and so they're just using this as a segue into I mean I could see if it was Zipporah and them you know having a problem with her they've only been around Aaron they've only been around Moses and Zipporah his wife for what like two years now yeah they've been married for 40 and Mm -hmm. he had he wasn't around his family because he left them remember to go Mm -hmm. back Mm -hmm. so like i mean i could see that and also too like and if you know if it were them not being together i think and then them reuniting because remember i feel like too maybe they also have i also read that they believe that she was part of the rabble and when you think about it there was differing views because remember moses didn't circumcise his son no Zipporah did it yeah well and she only did it because god was going to kill moses yeah 
So maybe, but maybe. So this is that quote from the book of Numbers by Timothy Ashley. It says in the Old Testament, and then it has the Hebrew word kush, kush, Mm -hmm. can refer to... um, in modern terms, an Ethiopian, um, a Kassite, or an inhabitant of Kushan, which parallels Midian in, I don't know what that is, what that word is, in Hahab. Anyway, although Zipporah, a Midianite, could not qualify as a Kushite under the first or second options, she might just qualify in the third. One does wonder, however, why Miriam would wait this long to complain about Zipporah. One would have expected earlier complaints if Miriam was referring to Zipporah here. And since Kushites were not Israelites, perhaps the Kushite woman was referred to as part of the mixed multitude, you mm-hmm. know, like we had talked about. Yeah. I mean, so, like, nobody really knows. And that's like the whole the whole thing. Like, there's a lot of rabbit holes and a lot of avenues you could go down yeah. of why which one would be more likely. Yes. But like, no. It doesn't matter. Nobody knows. It doesn't matter. So in the end, I feel like Miriam and Aaron were coming after Moses's wife, A, to attack him personally. Mm -hmm. And she had nothing to do with their actual complaint. Correct. Absolutely nothing to do with it. But on the basis of the fact that he married a Cushite woman who looked different Mm -hmm. and may have acted different from the Israelite people. Mm -hmm. And that was... Is what they use as their segue. As their bait. Yeah. Because you know how like when you're arguing with someone, like you pick a fight over something stupid that has nothing to do with why you're upset. Yeah. But then you start arguing about that that thing. And then you know in your mind, like you've premeditated that you're going to... This is terrible. One of my sins being revealed. (laughs) that like you know in the back of your mind oh i'm gonna bring i'm gonna throw that up because that's why i'm really mad Mm -hmm. and the larger issue then comes to fruition yep so that's what happened i got into a bunch of rabbit holes about you know what no we're not gonna talk about that what why we love rabbit holes here yeah allergic to grace podcast it was about um mixed race marriages and about how it was really uncommon for the time and about how that could also be why. Well, I have some, yeah, that they and had like a, the mm-hmm. reason that Miriam got the punishment she yes, got. That's exactly the points that I have to make about when she gets the punishment because I think that she had they had a problem with this woman's race. They did, and they used that as a segue into the bigger picture. But they still really truly did have an issue with her race. Yep, God saw their heart. Hmm. Hmm. For what it was. Okay, let's continue reading. Shall we? In verse 10. When the cloud removed from over... Oh, wait, I do want to say, I'm sorry. I was just thinking about this, the whole meek thing. I know we touched on this when we were talking about... Yes, um, In the introduction to Numbers about how people thought that, oh, it couldn't have been Moses because he at one point refers to himself as being meek and meek was really... It's super a, not a good thing when you're in that day and age. Make no meek just means you're very humble. Yes, and exactly. Like, would a very and, humble man say that he was the most humble man in the world? Yeah, exactly. No. It kind exactly. of contradicts. Exactly. And two, I saw Matthew Henry, who I believe yes. is, is one of the bigger commentators. He is that enduring word also references. I have some things from him. Yes, too. did a whole study on how really being meek is just self control. Mm-hmm. like moses was just self-controlled because Roots of the spirit mm-hmm. it's because then he was just allowing god to take care of it and step in and take care of it for him he oh, was yeah, i have a whole thing he on was that. trusting god yeah but that's why some people say that moses didn't write this part it could have been that it was inputted after moses's death or it could be that since this is the inerrant word of god and it's inspired by him moses wrote that against his will yeah so, I mean, I to speak to his own yeah, character. I personally believe that Moses wrote it. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't care. It's <laughs> there. It's there for a reason. Right. God put it there. <laughs> so okay. All right. Verse ten. 
When the cloud removed from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous like snow. Mm-hmm. And Aaron turned towards Miriam and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said to Moses, oh, my Lord, do not punish us because we have done foolishly and have sinned. Let her not be as one dead whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes out of his mother's womb. Gross. Mm. And Moses cried mm. to the Lord, oh, God, please heal her, please. But the Lord said to Moses, if her father had but spit in her face, should she not be shamed seven days? Let her be shut outside the camp seven days. And after that, she may be brought in again. So Miriam was shut outside the camp seven days and the people did not set out on the march till Miriam was brought in again. After the people set out from Hazaroth and camp after that, the people set out from Hazaroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. Okay. So we see the punishment of Miriam. Do. Did we ever talk about the real reason Miriam started Miriam, excuse me, Miriam and Aaron started attacking Moses anyway? Because we keep referencing it, but we haven't touched on it yet. We can talk about it. Um, I was going to kind of get into it after we talk about Miriam's disease, because like all of the reasoning behind what God did post them coming after Moses is like it's a whole thing in itself. Okay, so Miriam gets leprous. Mm -hmm. She gets turned as white as snow. Correct. Which if you don't get the reference that we did earlier. Yeah, what we were just talking about is is that it was a, it was a race thing. Yeah, it she was because a, she truly had a problem with her race. Yes. And so God made it, made her exactly the exact opposite words mm-hmm. right. of what Miriam thought the issue was. You think that having lighter skin is going to make you look perfect and that's what you think is like your ideal race whatever. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Here, go be white as snow. Have your skin slough off and go stay out with all the other diseased people. He showed her heart is what he did. He put her heart on the outside of her body. Yes. So that's whole thing in itself. Mm -hmm. But no. So they they were attacking Moses because they were say they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? Saying, Is Moses the actual true mediator? That God has appointed. Mm-hmm. Why is he here? Are they jealous? I think as I'm- in Aaron and Miriam, are they jealous? A, I can't believe the high priest came in and did this. But B, his own family, who is who's seen him do all these things. Aaron was with him from the beginning after he was called. Well, they both were there from the beginning whenever he was supposed to have been killed. Miriam, as an infant. This is true. Miriam is also a prophetess. Mm-hmm. Because she did the whole song thing back in Leviticus. Mm-hmm. Was it Exodus? Leviticus. Exodus. I Exodus. Think. Exodus. Exodus. So like they both had the spirit of God with yes. them. Yeah. They both had divine yep. gifts. Yep. They all did. Yep. Like that because they're chosen. Like they're all from the line. They from the line of Levi. Yeah. And so they are all three chosen. Mm-hmm. But the no. first called... Mm-hmm. was Moses and I personally think I don't know about Aaron's involvement I guess I didn't look far enough into that he was involved yeah though. yeah but oh, Miriam absolutely. was definitely she was the, the charge. driver yeah. yeah she was definitely what do they call that the anyway without a doubt and yeah. I think it was a jealous thing is what I think that it was is is that hey yeah okay is he really the only one that God speaks through like God also speaks he, through us. Right? Like, why is he number one, you know, mm-hmm. big macho, mm-hmm. head honcho guy? Mm-hmm. Why is he the one giving us all these rules? Why is mm-hmm. he the one to set forth all these yes. things? Is God really only talking through him? Right? Like, or should we be he? listening to other people? Mm-hmm. Who is he? 
Exactly. So, so the the heart of the rebellion was not about Moses's wife, but it was about his unique position and authority. This is from an RTS lecture, by the way. Um, I like that it also kind of reflects. You can see Jesus reflected in Moses and like mm-hmm. all of this stuff so much if you actually look for it. But Jesus was called crazy by his actual family Mm -hmm. as well. He said himself that it's not unusual for a prophet to find no honor among their family. Yeah. Which, how sad is that? Right? Remember, because Jesus couldn't even go to his own hometown. No, he He could not go home. Oh, he could, but he just couldn't do miracles there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. A thing that I pulled out from this RTS lecture, it's a quote by Matthew Henry. Okay. It says, this passage reminds us that even in the best persons and families, there are follies and there are crosses. If that's not the truth. Right? Like. How? Yeah. It's unfortunate. But like sin creeped in. Sin doubt. and doubt creeped in and got a hold of Aaron and Miriam. Mm-hmm. A thousand percent. Mm-hmm. Also, I was just thinking this. Did you notice how I'm willing to bet that it attacked Miriam first and then she pulled Aaron in? Don't you think that's kind of ironic? Adam and Eve <clears throat> also. I was going to say that. Oh, were you? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Revelations it's here. Like, seriously, though. Like, re- history repeats itself. Yeah. Did he, why does he go, is it because we're bigger, better, and stronger? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. We've talked about this multiple times on this podcast, how mm-hmm. we're all equal. Yeah. So the, anyway. the root of the problem here wasn't the fact that Miriam and Aaron denied or opposed Moses's authority. It was the fact that they rejected him and his position and ultimately rejected God Mm -hmm. because Moses was appointed by God. And thus, when you reject Moses, you You reject reject God. God. So like that, the high priest rejecting God. Are you serious right Mm -hmm. now? Like I, I, Mm-hmm. So yeah, when you question mm-hmm. Moses, you question God. Yeah, and it's like the same thing with Jesus. The same thing with Jesus. When you question Jesus, you question God. Exactly. So, can I just say throughout this whole thing, I love that like Moses is just kind of there and it's happening around him. I have a whole like, thing. I have a whole thing. I probably it's my would, next point would actually. fight my brother. Oh yeah. Sorry. So this RTS lecture says. Um, It is not simply that he is not crushed and saddened by his brothers and sisters' harmful assault upon his character and status, though I'm sure he was. It was that he was a humble man and he was ready to accept this particular attack upon his character without defending himself, which reminds us that the Lord Jesus was silent before his accusers. Mm -hmm. He did not open his mouth to defend himself. And in this, we see him as a picture of Moses, the mediator who did not defend himself against this assault from his own family. Yeah. I read that as well. That is so hard. It that is, is so hard, hard to it's do. It's so hard. And I just think, too, it just shows us that, like, how Moses can go from being, first of all, I believe that's why that the word meek is there. Why that that whole, like, yeah, scenario that, whole that you just thing, read, yeah. why the word meek is used in that situation, because he's just being humble. Anyways, I think that this just goes to show, like, how human Moses was, because just in the last episode, we just went through this whole dramatic thing about yeah. how let death come for me and da 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 and now, like... He has enough self-control and enough faith and trust in God that it doesn't matter that even his own family, like the cl- his probably his closest confidants, because think about how much time him and Aaron are spending together now, mm-hmm. that now that Aaron's become the high priest and things. What? Yes. No, that's a great point. But two, he just had this whole doubt 
in his own ability and his need to rely on God. Mm-hmm. And he probably voiced that to his closest confidants. And they saw that and as a window it. of opportunity. Those monitoring spirits. To yeah. throw salt in the wind. <gasps> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is God spinning it now uh-huh. to use it for his good and showing what he can do and everything is for him and his glory. And he's the one who's in control. And he's the one that's going to fight your choose, battles for I will, you. I is in God. Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, I just, there's just so much good stuff in this. Like, uh-huh. the, like the humanity, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. Yep. Like, so if you go from one day, like having a complete and total mental come apart, like break down to God. And then the next day being strong enough, like if that's not an immediate answered prayer, mm-hmm. because let's be real, at least for me anyway, when that happens, it's not my strength. Oh, no. It's absolutely not. Like, and that... Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yep. Like I said, there's there's a million freaking sermons you can do on these two mm-hmm. chapters. Like, mm-hmm. and not we're by not us. Even, we're not even through the first chapter no, yet. No, no, no. But it's so good. Like, it's all just so good. So I was wondering why... Also, going back, sorry, going back to the fact that Moses didn't say anything. He said nothing. But during this whole time, his family was coming after him. He was summoned by God. His siblings were pushed forward. He didn't even come and be like, please don't, you know, do whatever. He didn't do anything. He waited till God said something, till God put his just judgment down. And the first words out of Moses's mouth was a prayer for his accusers. And how hard is that? How hard is that? He said nothing. He did nothing to defend himself. But yet the first thing out of his mouth is a prayer for his accusers. Mm -hmm. Like, if that's not just a life lesson in itself, I don't know what is. If that ain't Jesus. I, right? Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Exactly. Like, oh exactly. My God. Like, it's, it's so good. Yes, it is. And it's so like to see everything come together. And this is the exact reason we're having why we do this podcast right? is so that we can have these moments, like, yep. you know, Yep. because I didn't some of the stuff I didn't think of on my own whenever I was doing my notes. No, you know, no, I'm so happy I found my RTS lectures. Again. <laughs> I love them so much. <laughs> anyway, so back to the swathing of the skin, back to the swathing of the skin. I was wondering why Miriam was the only one that was I was going to ask physically that, judged. If you knew that. I did not and there was no good answers out there and a lot of the commentaries and including this RTX lecture that I looked at said that there aren't any good answers. But I want to read it's kind of long this one little section of this lecture cuz he goes into a lot of things but it's good and I can't explain it other than just reading it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. So he says, so secondly, let's make a suggestion on what's going on here as in why Miriam was the only one that was physically judged what was aaron's job he was the high priest and that gave him a role in two special ways one praying for the people and two administering atonement for the people in the various rituals now what had aaron just participated in doing rebelling against the unique mediator now that miriam and aaron are under judgment god is going to bring a judgment against miriam that will demonstrate to miriam and aaron why they need moses it is interesting that Aaron does not turn around and lift up a prayer to God and offer a sacrifice for Miriam because he himself is a sinful accomplice in this sin. Aaron now very clearly needs a mediator, though his job in a certain sense as the high priest is to mediate for Israel in the sacrificial ceremonies that are designed to illustrate the way that God freely forgives the sins of his people through the shedding of blood. Now Aaron, the guilty, is the guilty party. And by Miriam being given the physical penalty of leprosy and Aaron being unable to intercede for her because he himself is sinful accomplice in the thing which he has brought her this physical judgment. We see illustrated why Moses is necessary as the mediator. Aaron turns to Moses and says, I beg you, I beg you, intercede for us. 
It's like God saying, yep, that's right. That's why I appointed him. You can't do this without a mediator. Mm -hmm. Aaron, you can't get yourself out of this fix. You need a mediator other than yourself. That's why I've appointed Moses as a mediator. This is why you shouldn't be standing over there in your tent talking about, hasn't the Lord spoken to us too? Because I gave him a unique role and now I'm going to illustrate it to you. You cannot pray for your sister. You are equally sinful. You need someone else to intercede on your behalf. What God is doing is demonstrating the necessity for a mediator. Yes. And good. also, including in that, the way God says that he talks to different people just singles Moses out. Exactly. Like exactly. he said, I have prophets. That's true. Yeah. I have talked to other people, mm -hmm. but I come to them in visions and in dreams. Mm -hmm. With Moses, I speak to him face to face, yeah. mouth, mouth to mouth. To mouth. And he has seen the form of the Lord, as mm -hmm. in he has seen me, because he can't yes. see the Lord and live, but you know what yes. I mean? Like, yeah. he's exactly. special. Exactly. And the fact that you are still not comprehending that, let me show you why you need him. Exactly. Going back to the whole, I will have mercy on who I will have mercy, I will choose who I will choose. Mm -hmm. Moses was the one who was chosen by God. Yep. Like, that's that's it. End of story. Yep. Moses. So they were they were attacking him as his position as this mediator. He brought on physical judgment to the sister. Mm -hmm. And then Aaron had to say, Moses, please intercede for us because yes. he couldn't do it because as a high priest, because he was now equally also sinful. guilty. Mm -hmm. That was good. RTS lecture. <laughs> oh, yes. So done foolishly. I saw enduring words said something and I thought it was kind of cool. So uh, what's the actual verse? 11. Yes. Oh, my Lord, do not punish us because we have done foolishly and have sinned. So done foolishly. The Hebrew y'all, I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's Y-A-A-L, is a rare term used in only a few places in the Bible to refer to a person who acts in a delusional manner as a result of ignorance of one lacking knowledge of God and his ways. A delusional manner. I like that. So he realized very quickly the error of his ways. I'm sure he was also afraid that that would be him. Like, why did you not fear God in that moment? Mm -hmm. What happened? Where was the hiccup? We have a lot of that mm -hmm. coming up. Mm -hmm. Next chapter. Are we done? Yeah. Do we need to... Oh, basically... Moses interceded and she was yes. healed. Yes. She still had to yeah. go out I of think, the I was going to say, I think we need to... I don't think we read or we talked talk about, about how we read it. Basically, yes, Moses interceded the God, the God, Moses interceded. God heard him. You know, he said, yeah, well, what she did was wrong. She's still going to be punished. But in seven days, fine. Yes. So like he he healed her physical ailment, but she was still punished as in like cast out from mm -hmm. the camp. Shame. Seriously. Shame. Did you get the whole spit in your face? Yeah, I read a thing on it. Basically, hold on. Where? Let me see if I can try to find it. And I was like, oh, okay. It was nothing like... Do you know? Do you remember what verse it was? Which one? The spit in your face. Oh, um, 14. If her father had but spit in her face. Okay, so the, the study section of our Bible says, As a final proof of Moses' status, his prayer for his sister's healing is immediately answered. But like the other healed lepers, she must be shut outside the camp seven days before being readmitted. This punishment is justified by comparison with a family custom where a child must be disciplined for shaming her father. And then oh, okay. it talks, I guess we're going to get more into like the whole spitting thing when we get into Deuteronomy. I forgot I read that in multiple places that like the spitting, like when he's talking about the spitting of your face spitting in the face of your father or whatever we're gonna get into that whole scenario oh, like the in father deuteronomy spit, the father spit in her face yeah yes because it's just like if 
my assumption is, is like she shamed the father. Yeah. And so the father now, because he was shamed by her, is shaming her. Her. Okay. That makes sense. That that makes sense. Yeah. And then because it says, see Deuteronomy 25 9 for the shame of spitting. Might as well just read it really fast. Deuteronomy 25 9 says, then his brother's wife shall go up onto him in the presence of the elders and pull his sand off his foot and spit in his face. What? <laughs> and she shall answer and say, so shall it be done to the man who does not build up his brother's house. It must just be like a... We're going to get there. Yeah. It must just be like a... a, th- a I don't a know. Thing. Yeah. And I don't know because I didn't look into the translational things too yeah, deeply. No. If it, it must just be like if you do something shameful, like spitting must just be... A way to commemorate or to yeah, or to show that you're that you are are being shamed. Is it part yeah. of the fluid? What is it part of fluid? Because isn't that a thing? Like if you get bodily fluid, oh on you or yeah, something, you're maybe unclean. to make you. I bet you that makes, makes sense. sense. Okay, all right, all thirteen. Right. Thirteen is a very famous. I feel like chapter or at least a topic. Well it known, are. yeah, it's very well known. Do you want to talk about it and then read some? Uh, we can do whatever. However you want to do it. So the beginning, I don't want to read through all these names. So the beginning of 13 says, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy. Oh, that's what it was. The the other thing that I said that enduring word was kind of oh. random on was the fact that the spies going into the land was originally like the people's idea. And no. Moses like bought what? into the people's idea because they were scared and they wanted to scout out the land. And I was like, that's not what this says. That's not what this says at all. And that's not like what I wonder what did they reference for that? I don't know. Here, let me pull it I'm up. just curious. Because I was like, what? These men were sent to uh, a recon mission. They were to examine, bring back the nation. In response, the people suggested this plan to Moses. Every one of you come near to me and said. However, Moses agreed with the plan. The people saying the plan pleased me well. It's all in Deuteronomy about the missions of the spies. Hmm. The plan did not to send spies did not first come from Moses, but the idea came from the people. Deuteronomy 1, 20 through 25. We can get there because I was like, mm, interesting. No. I mean, I haven't read Deuteronomy in years. So. I don't think I've ever read it. So, so I I can't speak to that. But that's not what this says here. I bet you what happened because similarly to why Israel even got a king to begin with was because the people wanted it. Yeah. And so I wonder if the people were like, we want to do it. And so God was like, fine. Probably. If you're going to do it, this is how you're going to do it. Yeah. So God said to Moses, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyway. So 13 says, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy and out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, every one a chief among them. So Moses sent from the, so Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord. All of them men, right? All of them men who were heads of the people of Israel, and these were their names. So there were literally twelve people. Yeah, we're not. Let's not go. We're not. Ooh, we're not going through the names. No. Um. We just. I want to make clear. What was his name? Two names. Caleb. Caleb and Joshua. Joshua. I was about to say Joseph. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Joshua. Joshua. We know them. They're pretty. Well, Caleb comes from essentially the tribe of Joseph. Yeah. And Joshua. Who was Joshua from? He was the son of Nun. Nun. Uh, Who was? He called called Joshua. He called Joshua. Moses called him. Oh, he was also from basically the tribe of Joseph because... And then says, from the tribe of Ephraim, Hoshea, the son of Nun, who Hoshea then is renamed Joshua. And Ephraim was Joseph's son. So basically, essentially, they're both from Caleb and Joshua are both from. Okay. Cool. Cool. Anyway. So we're skipping down to verse 17. Good. 
Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up into the (laughs) Najib and go Mm -hmm. into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many and whether the land uh, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds and whether the land is rich or poor and whether there are trees in it or not. Be good of courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the, f- of the first ripe grapes. Mm-hmm. So they went up t- and spied out in the land of the wilderness of Zin to Rehob near Libo Hamath. Yep. They went up into Najib and came to Hebron. Amen. Zashai. Tamal. Tamal. Tamala. Tamalai. The descendants of Anak were there. Hebron was built seven years before Zon in Egypt. And they came to the valley of Eshkol mm-hmm. and cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes. And they carried it on a pole between the two of them. They also brought some pomegranates and figs. The place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster that the people of Israel cut down from there. Do you want to re- do the report? Uh, we can do the report and then just talk about the yeah, whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, at the end of the 40 days, they returned from spying out the land and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amicalites, did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Dwell in the land of the Najib, and the Hittites and the Jebusites, Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let's go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that said they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy out is a land that is dev- that devours its inhabitants and all the people that we saw in it are of great height and there we saw the nephilim the sons of anak who come from the nephilim and we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers and so we seem to them what happening here in okay. this chapter sorry if my reading was bad <laughs> it was wonderful <laughs> it was good so we have a lot going on like you said mm-hmm. god is sending men to do a recon mission mm-hmm. in the land of canaan Correct. To kind of spy out a number of things. Yes. They're going to see what the land is, as in I'm assuming like the landscape, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to see if the people are strong or weak, um, if there are a lot of people or if there are a few people, um, if the land is good or bad, which I don't know what the difference is between good or bad and rich and poor. What do you mean? So if the land is good or bad or if the land is rich or poor, like the rich, it's rich of soil for mm-hmm. the fruit to be bared there. What is good or bad? I don't know. Exactly. Like, I don't understand what that the difference mm-hmm. is. Anyway. And then um, if the cities are strongholds or if they're like encampments. Yeah. If they're fortified cities with like walls or, mm-hmm. you know. Like, when I think stronghold, I think of, like, a fort. Yeah, well, think of, like, I immediately think of the walls of Jerusalem. The walls of China. Yes. Walls. Yeah, because remember, at this time in history, like, that's how Mm -hmm. things were. Like, you lived within those walls for protection because the wilderness was a dangerous place. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so enduring word says about them traveling for 40 days it says the discovery tour covered some 250 miles mm-hmm. and took 40 days a period of 40 days or 40 years or 40 is often associated with the testing mm-hmm. testing testing oh 
Remember? Jesus's time in the wilderness. Oh, yeah. It was 40 days being tested. This also says, the commentary says that the Hebrew phrase that they use for 40 days Mm -hmm. is just kind of like a biblical phrase for an indefinite shorter period of time. (laughs) Interesting. So we don't really know if it was 40 days. Right. It's just, was Was it 40 years? It was just a phrase that they used because, because it wasn't a long time, but it wasn't a short time either. What what was it? 40 years? Do you think it was 40 years in that case? No, I don't think the spies were gone for 40 years. No, 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 no. Like their banishment basically would, do you think that was 40 years? I don't know. I didn't look into that. Interesting. So I have a, like a whole thing because of course RTS had a lecture on this Uh and it's really good, but it's nothing really like content related, but it's all like, what do you mean? So it's talking about the things that they were going to look for during this like recon mission, but things that they should not have forgotten and about it kind of breaks it down. Okay. Yeah. Because I read some things like that also. Yeah. So like that's all I have. So if you have things that are about like some of the the content. yeah. Yeah. So I just have basically, you know. A, a large part of the reason that they were doing it was for, like we had said, you know, military recon. Like, yeah. where the city's fortified, because that way, then, if they know how the cities are fortified, how they can attack. defeat them. Yes, yeah. how they can attack. They, because, remember, Israel is not their sojourners. They don't have walls around their encampment. You know yeah. what I mean? As far as, like, They're defense They're very vulnerable. Goes. Exactly. In a way. Yes, I like that word. Um, I did have, I mean, is now the time to talk about uh, Anak? Go ahead and talk about the Nephilim because okay. I don't have anything about the Nephilim. So here we go. The Nephilim. I'm, I'm so just excited. fascinated by the Nephilim and I shouldn't be. These are not things we need to know about. Yeah. Um, but your but mind anyways, wanders. I didn't dig into anything. Didn't dig into anything. But I did find this book had um, some quotes and things about it because this had some really interesting theories. Oh, So okay. this first part that I have... I don't remember what it says, honestly. It says, Anak also probably designates a group named after an epo- uh, named after basically an eponymous ancestor or chieftain. The Anakim are noted for their height in Numbers 1328 and Numbers 1333 relates them to Nephilim, the offspring of the union between the sons of God and the daughters of men in Genesis 6-4. Most of the biblical evidence connects the Anakim with Hebron, although Joshua states... That there were on a king beyond Hebron and such. Anyways, basically, they... So, what I read... Were they just really tall and they thought they were Nephilim? So, there's one of kind of like the whole Cushite woman thing. Mm -hmm. It's got to be one of two things. Either it is the Nephilim. Mm -hmm. It is... Because how could it be descendants of the Nephilim if they... Because they were all killed in the flood. They weren't descendants. So, they don't exist. So, unless they came back and... Continued. Continued or yeah. tried again, which we've also talked about, you know, yeah. possibly happening on multiple previous episodes. Or because the men that did the spying were really scared and intimidated, but there were only 12 of them and the mass of people, they wanted to scare them into doing what they wanted. So they said, because they would have known the story about the Nephilim because of the flood, said, oh, we saw them. It's from Anak. It's from the, they're from the Nephilim and immediately would have scared the people into being like, nope, we don't want to do it. Absolutely not. No. Fear mongering. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that's exactly what it was. Um, that was just something that I thought was interesting. That was yeah. either, you know, that's more, that's more, I feel like it's more be- believable. believable. Yeah. yeah. Then it being, because I feel like, you know how you tell a story and then like, it gets more and more ridiculous every mm-hmm. time you tell it. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And then with the Nephilim. Yeah. 
So I just had something interesting about because, you know, we like real world, real. I don't want to say real world history, but we like to know history to tie it into the secular timeline with the biblical. Yes. Timeline. Is that, too, because going back to the whole I will choose who I will choose. I have mercy on who yeah. I have mercy. You know, God picked Moses. I'm just going to say this for a second. God chose Jacob, despite the fact that Esau was first. Right. And yep. remember, Amalek was one of Esau's children. Yeah. So they're there. Do you remember says, the curse mm-hmm. of Esau? Yeah. Okay. So this says Amalek was the offspring of, I'm not going to say these names right. Amalek was the offspring of Eliphaz, son of Esau by the concubine Tinema, and so was related to the Kesianites. Basically, like, it's ha- like what God said was going to happen it's is happening. happening. Yep. And then I just had this to the, like you said, the secular timeline. It says the Amalek, uh, how did you say that? Amalekites. Amalekites. Wait, where? Verse 29, the Amal. Amalekites, the Amalekites, I think that's it, Amalekites. Amalekites. Yeah, the yeah. Amalekites were already entrenched around Beersheba in the second millennium BC. The Amalekites attacked Israel but were defeated at Riphidim on the way alert. to Sinai. Sinai, oh, let's be, anyway. <laughs> Later, they attacked stragglers on the way through the wilderness. Yeah, these guys are not good. No, they're bad. The Amalekites were powerful adversaries is indicated by the command remember it was like a whole long thing them. yeah that a like whole long thing, basically they were the first people to attack israel mm-hmm, when moses prayed the war away yeah, basically all that to say like what yet again what god said it was going to happen mm-hmm. is happening like it's yep. coming to fruition and we'll I talk about that thought it's really interesting that like i don't know it just ties everything together like if you've listened to past episodes like we're still seeing jacob and esau like mm-hmm. g- going mm-hmm. at each other like mm-hmm. anyway um yep okay and then you said you have things that were not brought up correct i mean like it's they're in there but it's there's themes i yeah that's what i just have one theme but anyways so go ahead and go over your stuff okay me. so for this rts lecture it's completely one hundred thousand percent from them and i think it's really good but i'm gonna try to summarize okay so there are things that these spies were supposed to look for we mm-hmm. already talked about all of those things but there was also things that they should have not forgotten when they were looking at these things and coming back and doing what they did as in fear-mongering with the rest of the people and scaring them out of actually wanting to move forward into the land of canaan mm-hmm. so there's four things and it's split up by four different sections within the scripture so they were not to forget god's promises God's faithfulness, God's generosity, and God's power and sovereignty. Mm-hmm. So the God's promises is, is sp- talked about during the first um, 16 verses of chapter 13. <laughs> and I want to point out verse 2. Why am I not on the right page? Verse 2 of chapter 13 says, Send men to spy out in the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. Moses is reminding the people here in these verses that God has already promised to give them the land. Yep. So there's not a question mark in there at all. Exactly. It's not saying for I may be possibly going to give them to the It no. depends on how good you can fight and how well exactly. you can stand up against them. Exactly. That's not exactly. So they were to act on God's promises and as an act and move forward into the land of Canaan. They were not supposed to be like, oh, my gosh, they're so big and we're scared. Like, no, mm-hmm. they were supposed to it. not acting on God's promises is to not believe God's word, mm-hmm. which is unbelief mm-hmm. in itself. Yep. 
Um, so that's the whole God's promises thing. That's what I, that's exactly what I had. Mm -hmm. That was the only thing. Okay. So moving down into uh, verses 17 through 22 is God's faithfulness. So how can we see God's faithfulness in these verses? The spies left Negev, I guess, to go to Hebron, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Hebron, do you know anything about Hebron? No. I'll give you some uh, background. It's the highest point of the land. Okay. So it's a strategic point so that they could see. Okay. It's a high ground. It's high ground. They okay. could see everything that was there. But what else was there? Talking about tying things back. Let's go all the way back to Genesis. Oh, that's right. I did read this. That's the where. the cave of Machpelah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Where Abraham, Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and all of yeah. Rebecca were all, all buried, buried there. there. And they bought it from the Hittites. Yes. Yes. So they're in the land of the original promise. They're in the land where God literally said to Abraham, I will make your offspring, offspring. as numerous as the stars in the sky, as, as many grains of sand as they're on a beach or something like mm -hmm. that. And they are evidence of that fulfillment of that promise. God is already yes. moving and doing all of these things. And they don't see that. The fact that they're there and they have 600,000 men behind them of people coming into this land, they're not seeing God's faithfulness and him keeping his promises mm -hmm. because it's already being done. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> they forgot A, the promises and B, the fact that they're already being fulfilled. So how could you question? Exactly. This lecture, I'm going to pull out a quote. It says, in every circumstance of our life, we are to acknowledge God's faithfulness. It's not just that he has promised stuff to us. It's that he has already been active in fulfilling those promises. And if we would just take the time to assess it and acknowledge it, we will realize that he has been faithful to us. And I feel like that's something that is so difficult to do. It is. Especially it when is. you are in it. When you're in it and when you're looking forward and you're seeing that it's difficult. Yeah. You, you, we, are, we look for, at the struggle. You look we at the struggle, the struggle. You see the, the future that what holds is, is going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But you forget how far back you've come from. And you forget that it's not you exactly. going forward. Exactly. It's not your telling this was not for us today. Right. Like... I was so convicted reading these. Like, like reading, tell like, me this was not for us today. Like, yep. but yeah, because it's not you again, the whole control thing. Yep. Like mm -hmm. they were not, there was nothing, like you said, nothing for the Israelites to control in the situation. The land was already there. God was just granting them the permission to go about and peruse where they were going to be inhabiting for the rest of their lives, basically. Yep. I also just want to point out, too, another example of like God already working out everything before you even realize what he's working out mm -hmm. for your end goal. Remember way back in Genesis when... Abraham sent his servant to find a wife for Isaac yeah. and Rachel. Yeah. Was his, was Isaac's wife Rachel or Rachel. Rebecca? Rebecca? Whatever. Anyways, that she came out to get the water when the servant was arriving before he even knew that uh -huh. that's who love when, when things come together. Yep. Another thing that this RTS lecture said, it says about God's faithfulness, it says, and the children of Israel, instead of looking at this thing and saying, you know, this is not going to be easy, but God is faithful and he's, and listening to his word is the right thing to do. Instead of doing this, they look at the problem. They look at the obstacle and they forget 
God's faithfulness. Exactly. And that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do. And I am so guilty of that every Mm -hmm. single day of my life. Mm -hmm. But yet again, if my God is with me, if if he is with us, who or what could possibly stand against? Exactly. And that's something that's a big thing that the Israelites definitely forgot when they were looking. I will say, though, like flesh wise, I'm absolutely 1000% guilty of doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. Like, without a doubt. When I tell you I was convicted, like, verge of tears. Like. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, next we're moving on to God's generosity in verses 23 through 27. God promised way back in Exodus, Exodus, Genesis to Abraham, a land flowing of milk and honey. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Guess what they found? A land flowing of milk and honey. So, that didn't just appear. That was God and his generosity and holding to his promises. God made that happen. The RTS lecture says, when Moses shows us the blessings of God's generosity in that rich land that he was about to give to the people of Israel, he expects us to get down on our knees and ascribe to God all the blessings to praise him for whom all blessings flow. Mm-hmm. Cue the doxicology. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen here in the report of the spies. It's acknowledged as a scientific fact. Pretty rich land. Wonder how that happened. And they did not give God the praise for his generosity and unbelief crept in. Because kind of like you said, well, not kind of, definitely like you said, God was already preparing for them. Like those grapes, I mean, God could have, yes, snapped his fingers and they would have been there. But that land was not rich and it was not so good and everything for the people that were already living there. No. Mm -hmm. That land is for the Israelites. Yeah. It is for God's chosen people probably desolate and they were being pushed out Mm -hmm. in ways that the israelites definitely could not have seen right right so exactly can we just talk about the size of the grapes a single bunch that required two men to carry it on poles did you see the weight no i think so i read somewhere the weight was like a ridiculous amount of pounds it was like 20 pounds worth of grapes or something like that one single bunch yeah, I I read somewhere too that like if you travel to that land and like you get grapes from like the land where it's meant to grow grapes, like the taste and like just every this probably so much better. It's so much better. It's what it what they said. Like I would like to try wine from there. I wonder if I would like wine from there. Yeah, probably. I don't know, Holy. but it, it was just like so much like juicier, sweeter. Like it just tasted just like better. it meant it was meant to grow there. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm interesting i don't know i don't remember where i read that i did a lot of research for this episode so moving on to god's power which is 28 through 33 in this the people magnified their problems and minimized the power of god they They did magnified their problems and minimized the power of god exactly they should have thought that the whole conquest was too big for them but god would fight with them and they would prevail but they didn't do that Um, They should have thought this is an opportunity for display of his glory because, you know, we can do nothing without him. Correct. But they didn't do that. It goes back to the whole pride thing again, thinking I can do this. Exactly. We can do this. Mm -hmm. I I did this. I want to do this. Yes. I am entitled to that. Right. I can't do that. We can't do that. Exactly. We can't take this land. I feel like every time I do that, I'm always like almost immediately humbled by God. Yeah. Like it's bad. I've also too been being convicted about that too. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. That was not humble at all. Because the message of the Bible is not you can do this at all. The message is you can do all things through him who strengthens you. Correct. 
it's it's God doing the impossible, not man doing the impossible, because man cannot do the impossible. Mm-hmm. Clearly. The a quote from this RTS lecture says, The message is God will have the last word and glory, not man. And that's the one thing that the Israelites forgot in this instance was his immense power and his ability to A be faithful to his promises and to have the power and sovereignty to move them through the difficult thing that was ahead. Yeah. Like they forgot who they were dealing with here, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enduring Word, you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Enduring Word said the unbelieving spies appealed to their authority as those who had seen the strong cities and people of Canaan themselves. They thought and said that the facts and practical realities were on their side. Yet the most fact-based and practical thing the believer can do is to trust the promises of the living God. Ultimately, their unbelief was not according to the facts, but despite the facts. But they need the truth. They said they had all the facts, and that's why they made that decision that they made mm-hmm. that they could not move in advance into Canaan. God doesn't need facts. No, God is facts. He doesn't need it. You can see that everything is stacked against you, and yet you should still... Trust in his promises, trust in his strength, trust in his faithfulness and all of the things right? and move forward if he tells you to move. Correct. Unbelief was not the root of their problem. No. Unbelief was the yeah. root of their problems. Correct. And don't they pay for it? Crazy. Oh, they sure do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's all I had. Let me see. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything else. I think. There's a lot. There's a lot of things it's to unpack. It's so good. It is so and good. And these few... These two chapters. I think my favorite two were Caleb and and Joseph coming, but Joseph, Joshua, (laughs) Joshua coming back. Yeah. And saying, no, we can do this. Like two out of 12. Yeah. Two out of 12. What is that percentage? Two divided by 12 times 100. 16.6666666666667%. Rounded. If you want to round it to whole 17%. That is not not a lot. lot. It's an F. Yep. Failure. Bad F. Failure. But we know that they don't have anything to worry about. Here's the thing, though. What I don't get is that the people of Israel, they knew the covenant promise. They knew of Abraham. They had seen God move in so many different ways mm-hmm. in just the last two years that they had been in the wilderness mm-hmm. and after the, ex- the exodus in itself. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. You know? And they are still an unbelieving people to think that they can't advance into the land of Canaan. Yeah. If I were them, I wouldn't be that way. (laughs) You know, if I were, if I saw God part the Red Sea, I feel like I'd be on Caleb's side. But do you not, do you not feel as though you live like an Israelite in your life now? I do. But see, like, because God does miracles. Tell me you don't see and move things every single day. Yeah. Because you never know until you're in it. I would like to think that I would like, we're doing it. I'm with Joshua and Caleb, man. Let's go. The three of us. Yeah. I mean, God, God doesn't put you in situations where you aren't supposed to be like you're supposed to be in every single situation that you're in i would like you to remember all of it i would <laughs> i'd like to remember that too but you know what i'm saying yeah like yeah he does put you in situations that are too much for you to handle but, that's where you lean on him like yes there is no miracle without a struggle what i guess my root of my previous comment was is that 
I would just like to know what the promise is for my life. <laughs> you know, they knew what the promise was. The promise was to get into Canaan. But like, what's my promise? Eternal life. I know. That's not what I'm saying. What would you like to know? What you're, what you're called to do? I guess where you're, yeah. where you're going to be next like, year at this time. What am I, you know? Yeah, you're just, you just, and maybe that's part of your thing is, is that let go. Yeah, you know. Look, I'm trying. You and me both. <laughs> you and me both. I was also wondering, like, you know, back to the whole like Israelites not, you know, forgetting the promise and everything. Yeah, I feel like maybe it's. They had a literal physical sense. They could see God's presence. Yeah. So what happened here? Why why we have problem? Yeah. Like, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't. I mean, I would. Like I said, I would. Like I would to love to see God and see would, that manifest yes. presence. But like, I don't need that. Correct. I just. Some days it would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Excuse me. <laughs> Do I have to <laughs> be where I am right now for how much longer? Right. I would like to know. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. When is Jesus coming? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like, no. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just sitting here thinking like I would I would like to say that I would be with Joshua and Caleb. But am I in your life? This is a question for everyone and not just you specifically. It's for me. In your well, for everyone listening, in your life, are you living like Joshua and Caleb, or are you living like the other ten? How okay? So can you can you relate it to modern times? How would Joshua and Caleb be related into your like situational things? Even if you got to make it up right now, yeah. Like in my current life, I feel like if I reveal too much, I don't reveal specific details. But you're just like okay, perfect. I guess. Do you know what I'm saying though? Like, yeah. how would you how how would you jump in so, an unwavering faith, so and knowing that God will provide and God will protect I, you and do all of those things? I guess like I can relate it to a situation. I mean, and I'm not saying uh, this is just what I'm thinking. So I don't. Anyway, it's fake. It's fine. No, you make it up. No, this is this is a real life situation. Okay. So I tried to you give know, you an out. I'm sorry. I know you did, but I can't think of it any other way. Okay. And like, this is just part of my testimony. You know, in 2017, I lost, you know, Lincoln's dad, my first husband. Yeah. And at that time, like, uh, what do you do yeah. when your entire family doesn't, doesn't live with you? Like yep. my parents lived seven hours away. My brother lived four hours away. Mm-hmm. My child was at daycare yeah. as a two year old. Yeah. Like nobody, my closest family was an hour and a half away Mm -hmm. like and here i am and this happens yeah like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so then okay that whole situation but then what do you do after that Mm -hmm. like it would have been so easy for me to just turn my back and for me to live my life the way i Mm -hmm. you know wanted to do it i had a job where i was i you know but instead you just pack everything up move seven hours away and start over it's all unknown mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah so so modern times what joshua and caleb are doing is taking a leap of faith exactly exactly okay you see what i'm saying yeah like i mean leap I, of faith brought us together it did i wouldn't have been here four hours away from home mm-hmm. if i hadn't taken exactly a leap of faith. exactly and you can see God moving in your life. It's just also talking about how you forget his faithfulness. Like, you know, if it hadn't have been for the people who hired me, I would not have been 
started at that job i never would have moved this way like i never would have met you we never Mm would have done this podcast like (laughs) exactly exactly i never if i would have never moved i never would have read the case for christ i Mm -hmm. never would have you know started doing that devotion i would not that i was ever ashamed of my faith or being a christian but i didn't out i just didn't it never came up like i just didn't outwardly share what i believed you know now i'm able to have open discussion with the so situation many that we are in currently having to stand by the faith in a time where it is so opposite to what the culture wants Traumatic. you to do. Yeah. Is also a, a way that we are acting like Caleb and Joseph. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is it's not. Did I say Joseph again? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's okay. Joshua. <laughs> Asterix. I need to Anytime watch. you hear the word. Anytime you need to hear... write it down or something. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, and too, like that just goes to show back to the whole circling back to the whole like God is building and preparing things before we even know what he's doing. Like at that time in my life, you know what I mean? Okay, you would have asked me a year ago for, to be here. two years ago? No, a year ago, probably. I don't know. A year, two years ago, the similar situation definitely would have caved. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Percent. That's what I'm saying. Like... But it now just, we're taking that leap of faith and trusting that God will protect us mm-hmm. and will provide for us regardless of the outcome, regardless of the things that are definitely probably going to happen. Yeah. Post, you know, all of this mess. Yeah. And I think what it helps in knowing is, as I've had to learn myself, is, is that it's going to hurt. I mean, in the New Testament, even Jesus talks about it, like people and things that you enjoy that you like will be removed yeah. from your life. You know, it's not easy. No i.e. this entire situation with the whole moses Mm -hmm. obviously having his mental breakdown hey man been there there. joshua and caleb can you imagine how defeated they felt like after did did moses turn his back too i don't i don't know because did he go in with the crowd or like because it was just a collective effort or collective i'm sure it was just like a group thing yeah or maybe Moses didn't even have the chance to say anything before God decided, fine, you don't want to go, then this is what's going to happen. like the majority of the yeah. people. And so, yeah. But yeah, and I think what when people read the Bible and like talk about like the parting of the Red Sea, like those are all massive, very visible things. Yeah. I think that we live in a culture, in a world that we have become so numb and so used to seeing God's miracles and God's works that we don't even recognize them anymore. That's the truth. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. how many times a day does somebody like you hear about somebody stops breathing or stops having a pulse and then they're brought back? they died yeah and you mean to tell me oh well modern technology who gave you that mm-hmm. who tell me that the idea behind that wasn't div- div- divinity Divinative? divine no divinely divin- yeah divinely you inspired. know what i mean inspired yeah like and i think too we tend to think like i want to know what the plan is i want to see what's going on i want to see my red sea parted when really we're looking past everything else that he's already doing yes yeah, it's, it's having to sit and acknowledge and realize the ways he's moved in your life to see those miracles and to see the way that like we were just talking about how things would be different yeah if he hadn't yeah because that's all god like 
Mm-hmm. It's nothing else. Yeah. Because think about but that's it. so true about how we're so just desensitized to everything, to, to seeing his miracles. Like, yeah. I think that's and a that's thousand percent th- true. Yeah. And it's a thousand percent the enemy, like yeah. without a doubt. Like he's just taken down as many people as he can, which is a whole other podcast episode. But anyway, it is. you know, that like babies, babies being born, like are miracle. You that's life. Miracle. Like, God created man from dirt and now we are, I mean, all creation comes from God, but like now we're birthing, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're making other people. Yeah. Like not chemical soup, making other people. No, anyway. we're making other people. Like he's literally giving them. Exactly. To us. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. You know? And it's just, and yeah. the truth. And if it weren't for, you know, everybody's traumas and the things that we've been through, like you wouldn't be where you are. No, you know, you wouldn't be the person you are. Exactly. But like Jesus said himself, the path is not easy. No, the burden is not light. No, no. And all of it too, like all this and like, but that's you, why we cast it on him. Yeah. Because his burden is easy. Yeah. And his we trade is light. <laughs> we trade Thank you, God, for that. Like, can you just imagine living in a world where there was no Jesus and there would be quite literally no hope? A lot of people think that. It makes me so sad. Like the Jewish people, they don't think the Messiah's come. Yeah. And apparently a lot of Catholic people don't know about Jesus. How's that now? How's that? That's in their Bible, I thought. I thought so too. I don't know. Because you remember that lady at church? She said she didn't know about Jesus until she came and came to our church. That makes me so sad. And she came from Catholic roots. Send this podcast to all of your Catholic friends. All your friends. Yeah. All your friends. Even, yeah. Anyway. This well. Got, this got... I mean... There's pauses, so yeah, that was good. <sighs> it's heavy stuff. It's heavy it stuff, and I was very convicted. And it's you're not feeling the way you feel, and being an being one of the ten versus being part of what is that? What's sixteen minus a hundred? Eighty four. That's a negative number. I don't know. Being being part of not that sixteen percent. You are not alone. Mm-mm. I'm guilty of that every day. No, we do this every so, day. I do that just every day. All you can do, and praise God, we have Jesus because we can just start over. You Repent. Know, right now, starting over, you're going <laughs> to remain strong in your faith. We're all doing it together. Yeah, We're all in I don't this think, together. I don't think when you forget about these things and when you forget about how far you've come and doing all that stuff, I feel like that's part of your flesh kind of blocking out. It's you're being allergic to grace like mm-hmm. it's you're being mm-hmm. allergic to all of the things that god can put in your life and it's literally the veil falling over your eyes mm-hmm. and this is what the enemy wants yeah because if you, god is always on the forefront of your mind and you're always reminded of his amazing miracles and the things he's done in your life and the way he's moved you're not going to want to do anything else but praise him yeah it's exactly it and i will say like from a personal perspective i don't do it all the time but i feel like i've made like made it takes a conscious effort to do those things it does like and i think kind of you, like when you forget about those things and when you don't do those things i don't think that's you wavering in your faith no 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 it's just part of the human condition yeah, to be exactly. completely honest because i mean imagine all the things you've got going on in your life imagine all the endless lists of things that you have to take care mm-hmm. of or that you have to remember mm-hmm. you have to do all these things mm-hmm. like of course you're gonna forget some stuff and some some of that stuff might be forgetting god for a minute mm-hmm. like it's terrible mm-hmm. as it is to say, like, I do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> it it takes a conscious effort to keep God at the forefront of your mind. And when you do, like I said, I can, like, from a personal perspective, I've been trying to put forth a conscious yeah. effort because it's work 
to because we're conditioned to not put him at the front of our mind Mm -hmm. the sense of peace and calming Mm -hmm. that you feel is Mm -hmm. incredible yep compared to like living in a state of rage rage stress just overwhelmed anxious yeah like Mm -hmm. it's it's a physical change like i think you can feel it it is when you consciously do that and consistently I, and like when i feel that because i don't always like no i'll be the first to say don't always should i always absolutely do i always unfortunately not but i just wish everyone could feel that yeah it's like yeah i don't know anyway it's a state of euphoria almost it really is because you don't you don't get to feel that type of peace and calmness in your everyday no because you it's not from anything that we ourselves can do you can do everything on the list and not forget anything but guess what you still cannot give yourself peace exactly your works it's not yep it's a whole other podcast episode anyways (laughs) so took a turn there hope you enjoyed that anyway (laughs) what's our favorite our favorite verse was chapter 12 verse 2 the second part of it which says he has not spoke has he not spoken through us also and the lord heard it i we didn't really get to talk and delve really into detail about that verse when we went over it but like i love that verse so much the fact that the lord hears and sees everything Mm -hmm. he's always there nothing misses his ears or eyes like he sees you he hears you he knows everything that you have done everything that your heart says everything that your mind says you don't have to say it out loud Mm -hmm. like that's just incredible who he is and incredible and all of that mess so it is uh what is the word unfathomable yes exactly and i also like that too because it's like right before god steps in for moses too like moses doesn't have to take care of it himself exactly i mean not that but you know what i mean it's like you know a kid getting bullied and somebody else stepping in and saying Mm -hmm. no i heard you say that like you know Mm -hmm. it's just in those times where you feel like God doesn't hear you, God doesn't see you, or that you're going above and beyond and nobody is noticing, God sees you. He absolutely does. And as hard as it is, as hard as it is to not think about our flesh, it's not who we can see Mm -hmm. that their opinion matters. It's Mm -hmm. God's opinion that matters. And he's the one who knows and he's the one who sees you. And I honestly, like I tell myself this i remind whitney of this i remind our listeners of this if you ever feel like that tell him exactly it's like he will show up yes you ask mm -hmm. him he will show up he wants to have a relationship with you and a relationship is communication of all sorts i don't know what that sound was communication of all sorts yes your happy times your sad times the times where you feel absolutely and utterly alone all of the things he's always there he knows Anyway, so on the next episode, we'll be talking about Numbers chapter 14, the chapter 14, <laughs> and that will be up next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed the time we spent in God's word, and we hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening.